All right, so let me just double check, make sure that we are live. And we are live, so Yay. good evening, everybody. Uh, Superbike Genius episode tonight with Richard Stanboli, the genius himself, the team boss of, do I have to say the whole name right now? It's not the season yet, right? Attack Yamaha, I'll just call it that. No, it's fresh and lean, progressive, yeah. Yamaha racing. Presented by Attack Performance. Yes. All of that. Jeez. <laughs> I Wait, guess we should get... Have a problem with it? I'm just saying, it's a long-ass name for, like, such a underground, like, trash podcast. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, at least they're accurate in that respect. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's... Two and a half viewers. <laughs> yeah, all, all three of them are, are, are super stoked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Irate Barry is saying that the team name's at Alphabet. You know, so. Uh, no, let's not relate ourselves to Google. Anyway, all right, so I, we weren't, but you did. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, the, the topic of discussion for tonight is the recent test day the team had uh, last week at Button Willow. Um, you, you brought the boys out first time in 2023, um, and you brought some new shit. Like, you, you you know, you you had some stuff going on. Yeah, the test almost didn't happen. It was, uh, you know, it was raining for basically three weeks nonstop. Yeah. You know, off and on. It rained so much here. It was so gloomy. You know, if it rained anymore, that was like the UK. You yeah, know, I, I, I was wondering. Stop, I thought we we're all going to stop brushing our teeth at some point because it was raining so much. <laughs> you said stop brushing our teeth. <laughs> Oh, did I insult a bunch of people? <laughs> I mean, look, you know, you, I mean, you could have built a billet boat, you know, kayak, something like that. No. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we got out there. We had to delay a day just to make sure we got some dry time, and then we got out there and did our thing. And uh, yeah, you know, we went out there and tested. We had a, a few items: a new swing arm, new linkage, we're uh, new software that we work, we're we're still working through. You know, or slowly adding as we go and uh so it uh made a, a day and a half test pretty busy for us so i you know i i'm kind of doing the the social media for the race team and i i did take some pictures of that stuff and post it up and you know the swing arms visibly look the same you want to talk a little bit about what you did to make them different and how, you, like how they're different yeah, it's hard to tell from the outside because dimensionally they look similar. But it's kind of like looking at a MotoGP bike and you say, oh, those things look the same as they did last year. But the engineers are like, what are you talking about? We spent like the last 300 hours working on this, another 1,000 hours on that, and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, no, the, uh, the swing arm was considerably different uh, internally. And uh, with the old one, you couldn't really see everything because everything's it had pockets in it from the outside. And, yeah. Uh, couldn't see it because they're covered up with carbon fiber and a decal. Okay. So uh, this one's a little bit different structurally, internally, and uh, linkage pull pull location is different. We worked on a bunch of stuff to increase grip, and uh, we were able to accomplish that. Uh, unfortunately, it uh, it made the bike a little unstable over the uh, over the bumps. It had so much grip that the grip and slip was. Uh, you know, the guys had to, re the, the bike accelerated so hard, it was a lot of work to hold on to. So we're still working through electronics and proper shock settings to be able to take advantage of all the grip. You know, we went back closer to what we had last year and the, and the bike was just the same. 
So we know structurally the uh, swing arms are good, uh, flex character is good, just have to come up with a, a, a shock combination to take care of all that, all that grip that we gained. It sounds uh, pretty strange to hear you say a rider was complaining about having too much grip. <laughs> yeah, strange, especially with the track being so green, because yeah. uh, they were hardly using the front tire. But yeah. they were accelerating harder than they were at the previous test. Hmm. So make up the lap time, you know, so I think we still got down in the low 42s. I think in the previous test, we were uh, in the like uh, 41s pretty, pretty regularly. I think Jake busted out of 40. Yeah. In the very, but I think 40, we were living in the 41s pretty much. Uh, low 42s is pretty easy, but this test kind of had to work with the 42s because the track just wasn't there. It had been washed on for three weeks and there was a lake in the middle of the track, basically. If you ran off, you'd be in a mud hole. You'd be swimming, basically. There yeah, few, I mean, it. A few lakes when we pulled in, like, oh, there's a lake there, there's a lake there, there's a lake there. You don't really want to run off here. No, I, I told the boys first thing, I was like, look, guys, stay on the pavement this today and tomorrow because you don't want to go yeah. swimming. Yeah, so. plus they, they were, uh, we, we were on those new dumb ops, the previous test, you know, the ones that we did the, the Q, was the Q5 launch? Right. We tried the new spec tires that Motor America is going to run in Motor America next year and probably available to every, every club guy too. Uh, I know Dale Kiefer said he's waiting to get some maybe in March. And uh, yeah, we haven't been able to test with them again, but those things were worth a pretty decent lap time. Like I bet they're worth about a second, you know, oh, at least yeah. at least three quarters of a second. You wow. know, and a lot of track records are going to break next year. And mainly because of the front tire, mainly the Ooh. front tire. The front tires a lot closer to the Pirelli as far as its ability to, you can vary pressures with it, the way it held the structure and things like that. So all the things that, that when we, when we tested Pirelli fronts that everyone said was good about the Pirelli is kind of Dunlop seemed to have caught up a bit on that front tire. I mean, it, I think I commented to you on trackside when we did that test that the front looked like a Pirelli. I was like, wow, Dunlop went and made a Pirelli. Yeah, we're at Michelin. You have MotoGP tire. They all have the kind of the same character look, mold spec. Yeah. Looks like I, I couldn't tell you what the structure is like. You know, you'd have to talk to them. I know that Pirelli makes theirs out of some different material than Dunlop does for whatever reason. You know, and uh, manufacturing capability here in the U.S. or something like that. And uh, so, yeah. So not having that front tire, it really really shook their confidence a bit, I'd say. They weren't really shaken, but they were pretty guarded with their, with their approach to the corners. Yeah. And so I was glad to see that our, that, the, that our acceleration was still really good, considering how green the track was. And yeah. uh, so that was a positive for the rear of the bike. Now, if we can you know, get a decent track next go around, we can work on the front a little harder. Yeah, well, you guys are testing in a couple of weeks again, right? <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Okay, yeah, okay. Two and a half weeks. Yeah, so the swing arm is, it's completely different. It's a little bit longer, right? Um, no, that? I mean, it, had, it, it gives us a little more range, a little more ability to okay. play around with the, with the length because we were kind of stuck in one place last year at okay. every single track. So it gives us a little bit of ability to move around. And also the biggest thing was uh, the structure and the... Uh, the linkage and pull rod location, they're considerably different locations. So the, the uh, acceleration of the link is a little different. The forces on all the pieces are a little different. 
And so uh, the shock reacts to it a little bit differently. And uh, with that comes a little bit different range of shocks that we would have to uh, experiment with to see what works best. So kind of got the shock out of what we would call our, our baseline. And so try to find a new baseline for the shock for the, for our 23 setup, let's say. Right. Yeah. For the yeah. our first outing, I think it was all positives. And we may actually have to change the balance of the bike to take advantage of everything we have grip wise, you know, to give it some more stability. Yeah. I think you were saying something that, um, that Darren had to give the guys a little bit more uh, um, power and stuff because yeah, so so we tried a couple of things. We we tried add power to try to spin past the grip, and then uh, that that didn't seem to be the trick. You know, could just murder the tire, mm -hmm. and then we tried to relieve the traction control and to see if we can spin past the grip, and again it just seemed to just be more slide, more spin. So um, we have some things up our sleeve for the next test. So the first, the first one, this first one was really a fact-finding mission, you know. So yeah. let's go out, find some facts, work around what we what we designed, and and let's go forward from there, and then see if we can improve on it. You know, we're pretty happy with what we had last year. So we know we have a really good baseline from last year as far as grip and acceleration. But uh, you can never have too much, right? right. Too much money, you're too good looking, got too much grip, all that stuff. You can have too much of. Too much um, hair. Yeah, too much hair. Yeah. No problem here. <laughs> no problem with that team, right? Like, uh, I mean, team man bun, right? Yeah, if I had too much hair, I'd look like Canfield, all white. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's the old man from Up, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. So, um, you, you talked a little bit about, the obviously, the swing arm and the linkage. Um, what what else what else did we we have to try? Because I saw that uh, there was that handbrake thing that you were doing. Oh yeah, so um, you know we've been trying to get Jake to shake some of his habits on the use of the, of the foot brake. He rides on the arch of his foot probably for motocross instead of on his toes when he's going down straightaway. So when he when he stands on the bike for a wheelie or whatever, he naturally his foot naturally goes down around the arch and he rides the rear brake. So it's kind of a natural anti-wheelie to stand on the rear brake, but he was applying so much of it that it was actually slowing the bike down. So I think we've talked about this over and over again. Yeah. And so we did a test. We, we, we did a couple of different tests on the dyno with the chassis. We applied like 10 newtons of, uh, of uh, 10, 10 bar uh, at the rear brake, then 20 bar, 30 bar, 40 bar as we powered through the, and, and it was pretty, I mean, as, as the pad heated up, the, the friction got stronger, so the, the, the amount of torque it reduced was greater. But the initial was almost one-to-one. -one. If you stood on it for 10 bar, you lost about 10 horsepower. If you stood oh, wow. on, if you, yeah, if you stood on it for 30 bar, you'd lose about 30 horsepower. So oh, the wow. first year Jake rode with us, uh, his the <laughs> track speeds were always less than Cameron Bobier's. I'm like, why, yeah. why, why is he always not getting off the corner properly? And then... I wasn't as crew chief at the time. I was working with Cameron. And then later on, you know, we start looking at data in that winter test. And sure enough, he just keeps riding the rear brake on the straight. When everything got out of shape, he had to stand on the pegs. He'd be on the rear brake pretty hard. He wouldn't even know he was doing it. And so I uh, told him, look, man, you're losing like 30, 40 horsepower down the straightaway. So we completely eliminated the rear brake this season, this winter, and started using the finger brake, like a bicycle brake. And uh, just enough to where, 
if you got in a corner a little hot, you can you can lean on the rear brake a little bit and tighten that corner up a little bit. You know, so that's all you need. Or if you run off the track for a safety thing, you don't want to have a rear, no rear brake at all. Yeah. Corn dog and I argue about the rear brake all the time. I, you know, I brought up. I said, F1 only has one foot pedal for the brake. You know, and he says, but they have trim adjustments on the steering wheel. And I said, well, we have braking adjustments on our on our buttons too. It's called the engine brake. As F1 has has uh, electronic braking, they have the friction brakes, and then they have the engine brake. So they got the you know the gas engine, and they have the electronic motor, and then they have the friction from the carbon brakes. And they then they phase all those together, and then you get to choose a variety of let's say braking strategies at the wheel. You know, so it isn't like the old school where you had a knob. You could say, oh, more rear bias or more less rear bias. It doesn't work that way. It's one pedal. So we're kind of going that direction, just out, giving the rider a little bit more, uh, a little more ability with a with a finger, and I think that that I like it better than the thumb because I think it gives you a little bit better feel. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I, I know you and I have talked about the thumb thing, and you pretty, like, if I recall correctly, you shit on the thumb brake pretty good the last time we talked about it. You're like, oh, well, could you believe yeah, my thumb brake? Could you believe my thumb brake? Yeah, like to leave that thumb open for some other stuff. You know, right. in the future, you know, so the, the bikes are getting so advanced. You, you got to use your fingers for all kinds of hit that button, hit this button, hit that button. You don't get all confused. I think if you ride a bicycle enough, the finger brake's pretty easy to get used to. Yeah, I, that makes sense. That that makes sense. And those guys, you know, they're they're um, top of the line. Riding yeah, but you know, you'd, you'd be surprised once you get to a level where you're you're kind of in the zone when you're attacking those corners. You you don't want to be thinking about anything. You just want to do what you're used to. So it's pretty hard to start getting used to something new. If you're out there riding and you're thinking, okay, I better apply the brake here or I better release the brake there, then guess what? You're going to be going slow. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's like a constant thing, right? You're always trying to find that one thing. And it, the thing is, it's awesome that you had the data to back up everything you guys are doing, right? So it's um, pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty clear. Yeah, like, you know, oh, work, that didn't work, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, working with a few different riders and seeing data from other teams and riders, like, you know, what we've been privy to from the World Superbike guys, uh, you can tell when things are going right and when things are not being applied properly. You know, and then and it's really hard to get guys to not do things that they normally do. So well, when, you ha when you're um, taught a certain thing and you've had it driven into your skull forever and, yeah. I'll, I'll let you take it from there, but that's pretty much yeah. both yeah. of ours. They're all creatures of habit, right? So, yeah. and and the habits they build up through the years, and you can you can tune them up a little bit, but it's hard to change everything overnight. Yeah, I mean, we got you know Jake's going into his fourth year on the team. Yeah, that's he's crazy. defying my he's defying my three year rule. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's, you know, he's got to stick around for a three-peat, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it is about these Yamahas, you know? Like, the guys, when they start winning on them, they just keep winning. Well, yeah. your guys do. I mean... Well, I mean, Cameron and, and Josh Hayes before him. Yeah. You know? I mean, from Matt Maladin days, it's been, it's been, with the exception of a few... A couple, I think, Suzuki wins. It's been Yamaha, 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 pretty much across the board here in the States anyway. Yeah, that's, uh, 
Everybody seems to, like, all the club guys have gone to, they've ditched their Cowies to BMWs. But uh, I don't really, I haven't seen a BMW up front yet. We might see it this year, Supervisor. Uh, I think Cameron will probably surprise us. Bobier, that is. CB, yeah. not CP. Yeah. But uh, I think Cam Peterson is surprised a bit, too. Yeah, you keep saying that. Like, he's going to come out and surprise. You, you're saying that you're, you might have to put a wall up in, in the fizz, right? No, I don't think so. I just, <laughs> they may not be as close as they think they are at the end of the season. We'll see. We can only hope, right? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it'll make things interesting, right? I think so. I mean, it, it, you, got, you just have to have a fight. It doesn't matter if it's the same teammates, you know? As long as it's a really good fight. And yeah, so... I, I think Cam is going to bring it. I haven't heard that team announced, though, which is really strange. Yeah, they're really kind of sitting on that. I mean, M4 announced theirs uh, today, yeah. right? Yeah, I sent Tony a message today. He said, it's great to see you back in the paddock. And uh, I'm sure he's getting a million messages now. Yeah, I sent him but, something similar to that. Yeah, hopefully a more they, colorful. Hopefully they work out whatever differences they had back then because he wasn't super happy with that thing at the end of that season. But, uh, you know, maybe they've, they've gone a different direction or they, they found something. But it would be good to see him up there. Yeah, I mean, we were just, uh, we were just talking uh, – some friends of mine and I, and um, we're just suspecting that having Tony on the grid will push another guy one more position back. You mean that guy? <laughs> the I mean, that guy, yeah, that guy. Number two. <laughs> wow, that's something. You know what number two is synonymous with? All right, so we got, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, taking it one. Um, yeah, so there's a couple of questions that people... You know, he called me a new name, by the way. What? Did we get a chance to talk about it? What, what did he call you? The cheater. The cheater thing? Did we talk about that? We haven't talked about that so. yet, have we? Was, I mean, you had that, that snooze fest with Chuck, Chuck the other day. Oh, God damn it. Here we go. Yeah, I mean... Here, let me go get my waiters real quick. Guys, it's like, you guys take melatonin before you get on together? Uh, I was trying to get him to take some bong rips or something so he could lighten up, man. It was like... He was a he was like a hostage. A politician when he gets on with you, Dude. yeah. Everyone's great and and things are great and it's all my fault. Um, I learned from it and uh, what are you, what, who is this guy? <laughs> I, you know what? It's so funny that because he um, and the and another guest also were the same kind of thing. It was like they had uh, they had corporate standing over their over the shoulder out of this camera view with a gun to his head, right? And I, Dude, I, I, treat this I was way. lost. Yeah, I, I, I got sucked into that. I couldn't dig my way out of it. And, and the whole time my wife was texting me, like, she's like, I'm done watching this. This is boring. I'm, I'm going to go. I think, I think next time he's probably going to jump on the table and start dancing naked or something. You know, like, I, you know he's, he's going to show us his like, pier- nipple piercings and stuff, right? No. I know it was over when he started doing this. Yeah, I think I'm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got work to do <laughs> yeah this, this uh this little whatever you want to call this podcast thing or whatever it's not supposed to be pc man it's supposed to be real no, and fun. it's not supposed to be you know cutting edge rude either it's just two guys like yeah like we were sitting having dinner at, at button willow right yeah you're talking to will about getting on the show will's one of our one of our crew guys you know and he's got a shop yeah. up in california and he's a really good guy and and we're talking. We're saying, dude, you just gotta talk the way we would here at dinner. Yeah. 
And, and I said, you could even mention the four different names I call you regularly, which I don't know what those are. Yeah. yeah. So apparently, I, I've used them f with four four names regularly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's some of the guys that are saying that uh, that you have like the the five stories. <laughs> I have five stories. I do. <laughs> it's it's a it's a two of two or three of them are army stories, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't talk about that too much anymore. But anyway. Yeah. But you know, it's it's always fun and. Um, you know, I, I like this because you're you're willing to share things with people that, you know, they probably won't get from the other teams. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, so. still got to be able to put it together. Like, if we got Top Rack's data, for instance, we still can't do what Top Rack and their team is doing because that's Top Rack and that's that team. Right. So even if you gave us the same motorcycles, we wouldn't be able to do what they did unless we right. went rode it for a year. Or borrowed him, borrowed Top Rack. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, you, you get what I'm saying. So I, yeah, I know we're with the Kawasaki, and we used to the guy, the guy that ran the race department there used to say, "If it's green, it's clean," meaning that it's okay to share info with the other Cowie guys and things like that. And I used to always come back with, "Well, if they can beat us with our own equipment, you know, with our own setup, maybe we should hire their riders." Wow, I mean, that's you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Give us setup, and they went faster than we did, and then we're doing something wrong. Right, right. So uh, at this test, also you still have the uh, the fancy neutral lockout thing on one of the bikes, right? Yeah, yeah. We're waiting on some more shift drums. We ordered I don't know a dozen of them or so for various for Chuck's team and and you know Westby team, and then for us and and uh, maybe for ADR because he's going to be uh, on one of our bikes, and I think he's building one of his. Oh no, kidding! So, yeah, he. He had a sponsor buy one of our bikes, Jake's, the one that he actually won the championship with last year. Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool. So, yeah. So uh, we're, we're in the process of building a, a new one that we built for a World Tour bike, right? Yeah. And so the one he finished off, uh, Barber and, uh, and uh, New Jersey, New Jersey and Barber. So he, he bought that. We're just kind of going through it right now, making sure everything's cool. And we'll probably hand it to him next week or later this week or something. That's interesting news. I... I... I don't think I've seen any kind of press release or anything from Aussie. Oh, was I not supposed to say something? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe I'll hit Aussie Dave up and have him talk about it after he rides it the first time. Is all, he going to come right. to the... All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries, mate, right? Yeah. yeah we're um, in Australia, so you guys are just practically cousins. Oh, dude, like, Aussie Dave makes fun of me so bad. Does he? For what? For, uh, he's like, oh, you're wannabe Australian. I'm like, bro, I brother. No, I'm wannabe Australian. Australians from New Zealand. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's like it's wow. like it's like when you met a Ukrainian, they used to say they're Russians all the time. Oh, man, and now and now I think they're all proud to be Ukrainians because this whole war thing, right? And and so, but for the longest time, if you if you're like, uh, where are you from? I'm Russian, uh, but what city? And they would oh Kiev or something like that. I'm like that's Ukraine. Oh yeah, Ukraine. So it was the same thing. I used to meet people from New Zealand. They're like I'm Australian. And I'm like. Where in Australia? Like, oh, you're from New Zealand. <laughs> it might have been only the few that I ran into. I can't stereotype everybody like that, but it's fun too. I mean, there, there's a pretty good one. We we did a track day at Thunder Hill a few years ago, and this guy was talking about uh, Tasmania. And Jimmy, Jimmy, my my staff dude, his sister lived in Tasmania. He's like, oh, all in Tasmania, they all have two heads down there. And I'm like, two heads. 
He's like, yeah, you just got to come up. Anybody that's from Tasmania, you ask them, show me your scar, mate, because there's a scar where they t- cut the second head off. Oh, is that right? <laughs> I, I, I asked my brother about that, and he said, sure enough, that's, that's a real thing. Like it's, he said, yeah, they are a bit inbred down there. <laughs> I don't know if you ever remember Marty that was on our team, Aussie, yes. Aussie guy. Yeah, he liked, yeah. He liked his beer a lot. He liked a lot of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot, maybe too much. And, uh, but I don't know what too much is, I guess all relative. But uh, he used to talk about the, the Aborigines drinking gas and, you know, all the different stuff that went down there. Like, wow. I imagine the gas is mainly ethanol, I think. I, uh, I, I, I have no idea, but that's awesome. It's crazy. All right. It's so not, not my story. I, I got a couple of comments uh, yeah, coming in. And the, you know what? The first one I'm going to ask is there's a couple from August Nord. She, she had a, one on the, on the live here, but she asked one earlier, and I thought it was kind of funny. She was asking about um, the, uh, if you found the secret with the Dunlops or something. And, um, and I was like, what do you mean, the, the quote-unquote secret coding? And she says, no, secret but not so secret treatment. Let's call it the necessary treatment, and you know about it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So what's this necessary treatment, Richard? You got Fernando know. in there with a paintbrush or something on him? Like, yeah, you know, you know, we talked about this already. So Krupi, which was the, was the crew chief that they sent over to look after um, uh, Padushi, you know, and uh, did I call him Padushi? I think I did. Yeah, you did. Okay. I don't think Krupi will come back for, for Mr. H. I don't think he's going to watch anyway, dude. Like, I could care less about Krupi. But anyway, so I guess he accused us of treating our tires, or Dunlop was treating our tires. Oh. Because Romo was working for, with Yamaha before, years ago. Actually, he got cut loose from Yamaha because they had, a, they had that, you know, that budget cut in 08, 09, you know, when the economy went down. Yeah. The housing crisis thing. So they started consolidating and moving crew guys out and then, you know, doing whatever they did, right? They got, I think they cut the 600 team. I'm in-house. I, I don't remember all the history behind it. Anyway, so, Romo got cut from Yamaha as one of the crew guys got let go, but apparently he's still a Yamaha guy, and he was giving us some special treatment, even though he was with the Ducati guys. And apparently this went down, and the tech guys were involved, and all this other nonsense. And So I went, on, went online, and I started looking at tire treatments. You know, and apparently there's like Tire Claw and a few other ones out there. I think the, the go-kart guys, you do it, or the circle track guys you do like it. like the Street Outlaws Pimp Juice? Yeah, they have the same tires for like all year. <coughs> and they just keep coating them with this stuff. Nice. You know, and it's, it supposedly takes like a week to do a set of tires properly. Wow. At least a few days. You know, you're supposed to put them in a bag and coat them on. I don't think they have any idea how many tires we go through in a weekend. Like the whole allocation. Yeah. If we were coding each one, we'd be there for like three months. Like I said, you send Fernando with the brush, he'll get it done. Yeah, we'd have to rent another hotel room. Uh, probably, uh, you know, the, the somebody would come in thinking we're, we're cooking some kind of meth in there or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of like the old uh, uh, 501 jeans, right? You just put it in the tub. You yeah, know. that's all it is. You, just you throw mount them up, throw them in the tub with that shit yeah, in there, right. and good to go. Stuff on there, and it's like VHT, but it's, 
Yeah, that's what we have. We have a VHT squirter. Okay. Know, like some of this, that's what the that's why I'm keeping the thumb open, so you can hit the squirt button. Okay. Like instant instant grip. Yeah. So she, I, I think she's fucking with us, but she's like, yeah, I'm gonna well, sell that. Uh, I'm gonna Mr. sell that secret for a thousand dollars, thousand bucks a pop, unless Richard reveals it. <laughs> okay. Well, you can get on and look at tire claw. <laughs> You know, and, and see what what they do for tire treatments. I don't even know if it'll work with the with the rubber that we use because every every kind of rubber, you know, every polymer is a little different. So yeah. whatever coating and, and treatment you do could turn the rubber into shit. Yeah, uh, eight forty eight Evo. If we get any, any oil on the tire, it really leaves like a an extra soft spot that doesn't grip. The eight forty eight Evo says that everyone knows that you're getting the quote special tires from Jim Allen. Jim Allen, yeah. Hey, Jim Allen. Jim Allen used to do that, but it was it was it was across the board at all the top teams, which were the factory teams. They used to have the A tires. That's a fact. Yeah. But yeah. but we're on a spec tire, and you know what? Dunlop would love somebody else to win. Right. I guarantee it. Yeah. So yeah. would Motor America. So would our fans. Yeah, Mark Price is saying that the flat track, the flat track dudes use WD forty in a plastic bag. <laughs> Probably the same as tire claw. Oh man, because any kind of oil will get in the polymer and soften it up. You know, but do you have any grip afterwards? That's the thing. We're we're always on the edge of of grip and no grip and tire temperature. I mean, that stuff is like if you look at a a, a motorcycle tire, it's got such little tread on it. That if you start coating that thing with all kinds of chemicals, man, you could have a really bad reaction. And your rider could have a bad reaction. Maybe that's what the Ducati guys were doing. And they just couldn't figure it out. Because they never had any rear grip. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, he said, uh, 848 Evo said, uh, Jim gave special DOT tires to Aaron Yates back in the day, too. But I think that was like, a, like you said, it crossed the board for all the top teams, right? Yeah, we didn't. I remember we got an Entech tire with when Josh Hayes rode our bike in two thousand four or five. We we had those big balloon two hundred fives that would yeah. grow like crazy, and they leave like a half inch to your swing arm, or else they would rub. You know, yeah. maybe more. So at Road America, the thing would grow real big, and then they gave us this Entech, and they're like, "Here you go, try this out." And they never told us what pressures to put in it. We didn't know we we're supposed to run them as low as nineteen psi. So here we are out there doing our normal. 25, 28, whatever those big balloon tires took. And uh, that thing uh, thing was awful. Had no grip, this, that came in. It's like, that thing's terrible. I don't know what these guys are thinking. How could they go so fast on it? And then later on, oh, yeah, I was supposed to run it at 19 PS. We had no idea. Yeah, but we never got, we never were on the A list at the time. Josh, Josh and our team were always on the B list. Mm. So, but even the B list was decent. But if you're on the C list, you, you pretty much got production tires. So, but that was the game they played back then, and it's not like that anymore. I, I mean, I gotta, I gotta stick up for Dunlop a little bit. It's been pretty freaking fair across the board. I mean, Flinders gets the same rubber we do. We just go there, and I think they had Krupe like pick tires for us at Barber. He says, okay, go ahead and pick three tires you want those guys to have, or something like that. I think that's the way it went in the Dunlop truck. Wow. You know, and then he goes, go ahead and mark them, and then they. They, they, you know, because our wheels were there, we can get mounted balance. So, and and we pick up our tires and wheels what 
that that same day most of the time that morning yeah so you barely have enough time to heat them up yeah that makes Let sense. coat them with some junk but hey it's nice to nice to say there's a reason for your losses well i mean you know like uh tim p says uh go-karts use a mixture between trans fluid and mineral spirits <laughs> yeah you know what i think the whole paddock including every other super bike guy should try trans fluid and mineral spirits on their tires yeah that's show up with regular stuff there was a guy there was a guy that used to... especially <laughs> there was a guy he was a suspension guy he was a little nuts uh Dwayne jones uh, i think all suspension guys are a little nuts well, this guy was especially nuts. He's the kind of guy that after he did your forks, he would like, engrave his phone number and his name into the side of your fork tube. Um, like just the to, spider? The well, yeah, because he, he wouldn't, he, like a sticker wasn't good enough, you know? He, he had to engrave it to make sure that it was his shit in there, right? I got it. And you. he used this, um, I think he called it sploosh or something, but it was like slick 50 and prolong and... <laughs> And he he would put that in your forks, man. So, so old, the Olin stuff wasn't good enough. I guess not. But yeah, so this guy he would uh, he would take old, just old takeoffs, like you know the ones that are so old they have like a blue coloring on them. And yeah. he would he he would treat them with simple green. He would squirt them all down with simple green, and then he's like, oh yeah, it makes the oil come back to the surface. You know how we treat our tires? With a proper application of torque and traction control and suspension settings <laughs> and swing arm flex. That's the proper treatment for the oh, rear tire. Man. Oh, man. And then you, have to have, then you have to have a staff that knows what they're doing and a rider that can actually apply all those things. So do you want to you want to show off some of the data to about the swing arm stuff? Uh, I don't know. There's nothing really I can show you as far as. Um, you have like an overlay from the last time, right? And then you can see the, the grip or something or. Uh, that's a Marshall thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think, I, think I, I don't want to go there quite yet. Okay. Being coy, huh? Yeah. A little bit on that. Okay. Yeah. On that part. Yeah. Yeah. We spent a lot of time and, and, and personal time and money on the development of that thing. And the rear brake stuff. What about, oh, like how it's being applied? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could probably come up with something that that will show what we were talking about before. Yeah. So, just give me a sec. I'll have to find something from last year, let's say. And while you're looking, I'm going to tell you that um, some of the commentary that we got on the Instagram... There was a couple of welder guys that were kind of shitting on the welds that you had on the swing arm. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, Nigel Carlson, Nigel Carson and um, Scott Ramey. Yeah, I don't know who they are. You know, are they, you know Blair they... Ramey. Yeah, right? I don't know. Guys in Yeah, idiot. so um, let's see. Blair's an idiot too. Yeah, but anyway. Nigel says, do no. they need a better welder? Because I know a guy. And then... You know, you need a new welder, uh, Scott says. I, I can do the same thing in my sleep. I'm like, yeah. I don't well, think these guys understand that um, there's more than just welding happening on over there. Yeah, yeah. I, I could go through a lot of reasons and the differences in alloys and the variable thickness and all the different parts that we have and how difficult that stuff is to bond. 
but I don't want to waste my time with it. Wow. Because, because you know, there's always those guys who are so mentally weak that they got to poo-poo other people's work because they have no life. You know, they have no, they might have skills, welding skills, you know, but they, they have no life. They don't run a team. They don't win championships. They, they don't, you know, who knows what they do. But if that's all they have time to do is look at other people's stuff and bag on it, then good on them. That's, that's the power of the internet. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just going to kind of, I'll, I'll share my screen really quick. Um, <sighs> just to kind of show, like, what we're talking about here. But, uh -huh. yeah, I mean... Like this is the this is the screen here, and yeah. um, you can see. I mean, that's it looks awesome. And this was actually before the thing went out for the first time. So yeah, um, you know that's that's kind of where we're at with that. You know. Well, like I said, there's always someone that can bag on something for some reason or another. What I say, what? Say, you know what? Why don't you design your own swing arm, design your own super bike, design your own MotoGP bike, and come out and race with us? I'd, I'd, I'd welcome it. Yeah. And I won't bag on you for trying. Well, you know, Mark Gagne says, don't give the snivelers any ammo. <laughs> oh, I'm not giving them any ammo. I mean, they're just snivelers or whatever the hell they are. Oh, I love Mark. They, they don't so even funny. know the thicknesses of that stuff. They don't even know what kind of alloy it's made out of. You know, when they, when they, when you can take a picture of your perfect weld that you practiced forever in like a production line, then you know have have at it. And yes, we did do it in our sleep, by the way. And irate Barry says he feels that he feels that you just you literally just described the entire snowmobile community. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Wow. Wow. Okay. So give me an idea of what. I mean, I know it was a lot of work. I, it was massive work, but like, give me an idea of like what the machine time was on something like that. Like, how long does it take to make one of those things? All right, let me go back to this because I was looking at data. Um, let me see here. Some of the parts ran overnight. Okay. So they would probably run part of the night because we'd want to type the machines for normal production. Yeah. Because our machines are basically running every single day. Yeah. So. Once we had the thing proofed, then just hit the button and walk away and let it run. Especially on the 3D moves, they don't make a lot of chips. So they'd go back and forth. And some of the stuff is thin, like really thin. So fixturing it and, and figuring out how to fixture it so you have no chatter is, is pretty key. Especially when you have a large span between like the top and the bottom of the swing arm. Yeah. And you have a pretty open cavity in there. It's pretty tricky. You know, it takes, it takes quite a bit of... Quite a bit of work and, and and being able to make sure your feeds and speeds and how your fixturing is and and there was some tricky stuff we did with fixturing it that we're able to get a nice finish on the outside of it and hold tolerances you know so that that's where i'll give you a little bit of a clue it's, it's the swing arm internally is variable thickness throughout so we spent a lot of time not so much on the looky part of making that dime overlap the other dime you know, like stacking dimes on a on a weld it was yeah. more about it was more about what the internal structures are like. Oh. And uh, so we spent a lot of time on that and doing some FEA stuff with that. And uh, from what we learned from 20, 2020, when we had the World Superbike stuff to test, and then what we, there are other three generations of swing arm and going on to the fifth generation now. And then we had two different versions, by the way, which you may not have known. The one I think you got a picture of, I, I didn't see it because I was looking for data. 
that oh. uh, the one you had a picture of that was from uh, that was the fourth generation, and then uh, Jake was on the fifth generation. Oh, I, I didn't know you had two different ones that you guys were. Yeah, talking. I want to get the feedback from both guys, and we may swap next time. Okay. But then we have some other, so we have some another couple waiting to assemble based on um, uh, what we learned from those two guys. So we have another test we're going to do and try some more settings. And uh, there's there's definitely options. We can we can put a different inner skin in it to change the rigidity of it versus what we have on the outside. You know, so. There's, there's quite a bit of stuff going on in those things, and it's really important because that's what drives a motorcycle. Okay, so this has led to a few more comments. Um, yeah. Obviously, Mark Gagne is like, yeah, probably 300 hours. Uh, it was a lot. I mean, I didn't really count because I don't want to cry over how much machine time we're spending, but it was a yeah. lot. Like, you know, it, it, it took a good week to machine uh, all the bits and pieces for a few swing arms. And you guys are rocking the, the Haas machines, right? Yeah, we have a couple of houses and we're, we're uh, yeah, we have a, a Roku and some other stuff, but um, yeah, the Haas is what made that, made that machine, made that part. And Tim P <laughs> says he comes from a machinist background and he What's wants that? to know if you do all your own programs or do you use Mastercam? Ma I hate Mastercam. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's so old school, Mastercam. There's so much better stuff out there now. But uh, Mastercam is, is, is really antiquated. You know, they keep tuning up basically an old hot rod from the 80s, I guess. You know, it's my opinion of Mastercam. I just hate using it. But we have used Mastercam in the past. I don't use it anymore. There you go. All right. And then um, the A48 Evo dude is, is asking if you were to put a price on that swing arm, what would it be? And then just to follow up with that, um, Knudsen says one million dollars. <laughs> no, I mean, lucky for us, there's no, there's no. I don't think we have a price cap on the swing arms, but in World Superbike they do. I think it's, uh, I thought it was ten thousand euro for the for the swing arm. I think it was ten thousand. Might have been eight thousand. Electronics are eight thousand. Swing arm yeah. might have been ten. So it would be all of that, and then you have to buy all the bits and pieces. So nothing in, on on that. Swing arm and, and rear section is will fit anything else that you have stock. In other words, the wheel, the offset, the sprocket carriers inboard, the front sprockets offset in. Everything is a kind of a tight package, and uh, it has a lot to do with a with a flex character when you're on the edge of the tire. So, one of the first comments we had as soon as they rolled out was like, "Man, this thing really feels like it wants to accelerate." And how is it on the edge of the tire? Edge of the tire is really good. And how's it through the S's? Ah, oh, it turns great. Just a little bit unstable over the bumps coming out of, you know, some of the harder acceleration, bumpy turns, which was turn two, right? We call yeah. it two. I don't know what you call that. that yeah, thing. the off-ramp. Is that off-ramp? I yep. don't know. What numbers on that? Well, no, stupid corners. No numbers. Yeah. No. We call it turn two. Yeah, turn two and um, you uh, probably sunset corner, right? What sunset corner? The one that goes on the front straight. Oh, so the last corner? Yeah, the last corner that has a huge bump in it. Yeah, so those two corners, that what, what the bike would do is it would, it would uh, accelerate so hard that it wanted to open the swing arm, meaning extend the swing arm open, try to get towards the top out of the, of the shock. Uh, this is the area we're going to work on, the top, top part of the travel. And uh, then it would spin over the bump, probably because the, the track didn't offer much grip anyway. 
So when you got off the edge of the tire and started spinning the tire, as it would spin off the bump, it would it would slide and then hook when it when it got into the stroke a little bit. And so that would that would just made the thing a little bit unsettling when you're trying to point the bike in a certain direction. You're trying to hit that exit within an inch or two, you know, using using all the track. So that's that's something that we're going to work on, and John and I pow out over it after after the test. And uh, so we have some some solutions we're going to try it for next time. So um, there's some other comments that came on before we uh, went live. Yeah. Um, Matt Knutson again, uh, he comments on multiple platforms. Good on you, man. Um, he he says he previously asked the question about using a thumb brake. Um, similar to the World Superbike teams, and your response was, let's get the riders to figure out how to use the front brake efficiently before we introduce another thing that they have to figure out. And he says, yeah. glad to see the boys figured out the front brake so you could experiment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. <laughs> well, I mean, last year we were limiting the pressure in the rear brake to about five bar because we knew he was going to stand on it no matter what going down the straightaway. Yeah. And so we figured out oh, we can give up five horsepower, you know, with that. And, and our trap speeds came up, you know. When we started putting that, that limiter in there, our trap speeds came up. It's just fact. You know, uh, Jake's trap speed was one of the highest always. You know, the Ducati and Jake were pretty much the top. And then Cameron Peterson, right? And I think every now and then um, uh, the Westby guys would be up there. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, it was Jake and the guys were going to relatively the fastest had the highest trap speeds and that was normal where it wasn't before and uh but it became difficult to to just limit that thing to a certain amount of pressure all the time so we just came up with a different solution to fix it reacquaint him with braking again you know and start using it so we'll spend the next five four tests we have four more tests before the first first national and getting used to that and, and we're just gonna put it across the board on all the bikes you know, uh, Cameron Peterson, he hardly ever uses the rear brake. Really? You know, he's, yeah, he doesn't hardly touch it at all. Where he rides motocross and does it well, and but he switches back and forth and doesn't really slow the bike down in certain areas where it's not necessary, you know? So he rides on, on I, he does ride on his toes when he's on a road racer, as far as I can tell. And so he hasn't been as critical on the, on the rear brake usage. Love, love to use the rear brake in a proper way, you know, like at the apex or near the apex or before the apex uh, to, to help pull the bike in. And some corners where, let's say we end up going with an aftermarket transmission next year, you know, a different transmission, since the transmission rules are open and our first gear is a little tall and we can't develop enough engine braking. Well, it'd be nice to have that, that rear brake to help you to that apex. But that probably be about the only place we ever use it because if you're using the front brake hard enough, the rear tire is pretty much got no grip you know it's off the ground you know so you can use it a little bit before you apply the the front brake in motor gp they you know people say i want to use it in motor gp but people got to remember that that, that motor gp engine's got a lot of anti-friction work done to it so it's a pretty free free friction engine right so they spend a lot of time making horsepower and higher rpm by removing friction from the engine so hmm. these speed engines, they produce a lot more friction. So you shut the throttle off and they come to a stop. There's plenty of engine braking to do everything we want to do. Yeah. Plenty. You know, so, and we can control a lot better than, than the rider can. You know, because the, 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 the ECU doesn't lie. You know, I mean, it's doing math 
at a tremendous speed and it knows what's happening. Ryder's got a lot of stuff going on. He's trying to find a passing location. He's 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 trying to get his rhythm. You know, he's he's got a lot of stuff going on. And so why why introduce a variable? Right. When you can just take it out, take that out of his hands and let it. I mean, look at modern airplanes, right? Yeah. You know, uh, you're not going to be flying with with pulleys and cables anymore. I mean, you got a computer controlling thing. You know, thrust vectoring and all that stuff. This is the way bikes are getting. It's getting more and more and more complicated. The speed's a lot faster. And the only way that could happen is if, if you give the rider some help. Yeah, I mean, we ditched the flat slides for a reason, right? Yeah, yeah, the cable throttle's gone. Yes. Yes, it is. I don't miss it. Um, okay, yeah. Steven Eisenhower, uh, I, his comment, just so you know, is uh, seems like he had a misunderstanding of what was said on this podcast before, but uh, oh. he says it's kind of funny that RS doesn't like carbs on motorcycles and wants to be at the forefront of technology, but hates rear brakes being used. It's kind of hypocritical there. Um, but then again, I'm all about the rider being in complete control of a race bike, and RS is, is the complete opposite. I have to say, his approach seems to be winning so far. <laughs> so he said that using the rear brake is technological. If, if you go away from the rear brake use in, on straightaways and places where you shouldn't, that slows the bike down. That's being not technical. Like I, I said, understand. I think he was misunderstanding what we were talking about. But yeah, I think I think I, I am pro technology. I am pro going forward, and I think it just does better for safety and competitiveness. And you know, if you think about where bikes have come from, it used to be that you had to be pretty talented to be able to ride a two hundred horsepower bike. 220 horsepower bike without any traction control on those old tires we used to have and all the wheeling and all that stuff. And some guys were just able to do it better than others. Now you've taken a lot of that hard stuff off the table, right? And now you yeah. can just concentrate on your lines and you can open the throttle and concentrate on getting the throttle quickly. You know, the proper application of the front brake and, and, and the proper, proper way leaned over. You know, all those things you can concentrate on is still is still a very technical sport. And and you're still leaving a lot up to the rider. It's just different. Hmm. So I'm you looking know, at I'm looking at said it when he rode our bike, right? He said, Yeah, wow, this bike he said the bike is so mentally easy to ride, like you're not concentrating on not killing yourself with all that power. It's so easy to ride that you could ride ride it really hard. That that was coming from his his mouth. Yeah. And meaning that you have to be really physically fit to be able to ride that hard for the whole race. Yeah, I mean, I... I can't handle the bike and it's not going to throw you on the ground. I, I told you riding the bike, I felt like a fat slug riding it. <laughs> uh, kind of looked like a fat slug riding yeah, it. Yeah, appreciate that, Dick. <laughs> yeah, okay, so here's some more comments coming in. There, there's a few guys uh, apparently talking about uh, the software that, you know, for your machine stuff, uh, SolidWorks... Top yeah. solid and pro e. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I like I like the Autodesk products. Okay. They're really user friendly, you know, and they do they do what you need, and they have a few different features, and you could do a lot of stuff with Autodesk stuff. I've I've always been an Autodesk guy since college days, you know. Mm. So I kind of went that way. That's why Master is so irritating. And then uh, Tom Levon. Sorry if I didn't pronounce that correctly. Um, are y'all uh, doing any uh, 
any all the carbon fiber and composites work in-house as well no we don't do the carbon here there's okay. no time it's yeah just one more thing we could do you know we just do we do the the cnc work uh anything cnc machine 3d printing we do here just no no carbon stuff we will farm it out it's carbon in. carbon in bodywork right yeah, the bodywork's carbon we used to make our own bodywork we used to do all the molds here then we'd ship we'd ship them out and have them you know pump out parts but it just it, it, it's just a it's just a whole nother project you got to get your hands in and at some point you got to focus yeah yeah all right so um and then 848's got a couple more 848 evo he's got a couple more questions he's a, is it mostly true to say the chain side is stiffer to keep the wheel in line for drive and the brake side is generally where you work with your flex. That's correct. Yep. Somebody's taking notes. He's a smart guy. Uh, it depends on the manufacturer. You know, when uh, when uh, Eskil Suter was here uh, at the shop, we're, we're chatting, and uh, you know, he saw our swing arm. He goes, "You make these?" I go, "Yeah, we make our our swing arms in house." I mean, we're sponsored by Suter. We can get a Suter swing arm, but it's just way more fun when you do your own stuff. You know, and uh, and so uh, there's nothing wrong with the suitor stuff. It works great. They're they're more about symmetry. They're they're I think they're the same uh, dimensionally on both sides. Maybe they're different now, but uh, I did see some some PDF of theirs. It looked like they they added a little more lateral flex on the thing, or you know, uh, y-axis flex. I guess when you're leaned over, and uh, so. Yes, ours is like that. And the World Superbike stuff's like that too. The left side is the zero side. Just like when you bolt in your engine, right? It, it yeah. uh, screws over the left. So the left side of the bike's the zero. And uh, same with the wheel, it screws over the left. So the left side is the rigid side or more rigid side. And the right side is like a, a noodle, moves around. You pop the axle open, thing swings open, get your wheel in. You practically flex open back and forth by hand. Wow, but it has it has stiffness up and down. Otherwise, the bike would bump steer, right? It would it would it would twist, and then it has stiffness driving forward. It just at, has flex when it's leaned over. That's, that's really and they try to accomplish the same kind of stuff with a, with a frame. I think BMW tries to do that. And, yeah, but one thing that's interesting about finding all that, or I'd say planning all that grip out, and then still not having the ability to to take control of it. Uh, I can see where BMW and some of these other manufacturers have gone down that rabbit hole and they spend a season trying to make the bike better for the guys to ride. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so I can see how that could be really easy to go. If they didn't have something else they could compare it to that worked really good, and they're like, man, we just can't get this thing to go forward and the riders are frustrated. I could see that with our riders when we were just trying to trying to beat that thing down before we okay the final step was to go ahead and put the thing closer to 2020 setup 2022 setup and go okay did we accomplish what we wanted to accomplish and are we that far off the mark or not and you know so yeah we're right back to the lap time and feel that we had in 2022 with, with a little more range of adjustment and other features that we can expand on okay um now I have another com I have the next comment is actually from somebody um, who I, 
I did the podcast last night with Brandy Cox. And you had a funny question for her. You had a couple of funny questions for her, but well, wasn't was this the, the the girl that races with you guys? Yeah, yeah. She's uh she's a vet in Texas, and oh yeah, I remember my question. I said she's a vet in Texas. Does she uh get cows in her? She built inside of a cow before. <laughs> well, she, I've seen it on TV before. <laughs> she, yeah, she she did have an answer for that, but. You know, and I was like, oh, so you have the whole glove up to here and everything, right? Yeah, exactly. So she talked about the procedure for that. And uh, she during the show last night, it was pretty funny. She was like, yeah, just let Richard know that I'm going to get that changed in the textbook to the Stan Bowley procedure. Oh, no. I've only seen it <laughs> once on TV. I have known nothing about it. <laughs> yeah, but her uh, her Is question... that person sticking their arm up that cow's butt? Yeah, so, okay, so she says that, what product do you use to keep your amazing scalp in such good, con such great condition? Who's that, me? Yeah. Or you? You. I mean, probably razor blade, man. You got the same haircut, dude. Like, yeah, razor blade. That's what I'm saying. You know, Exfoliation I know, with a razor blade. <laughs> I, I know that Mark, uh, Mark recommended this, like, battery thing. and Yeah, I've used it. Yeah, I've used it too. It just doesn't get as close as the. Yeah, I, I like the razor blade. Yeah, I'm like old school. Yeah, I've never never been electric electric razor guy. That the device works pretty good. Like you're on the road, and you, but nothing better than straight razor. Yeah, so so Mark says olive oil. <laughs> olive oil. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. slapped. I got olive oil in my shower. I just, whew, you know. <laughs> That's were, great. were you a Seinfeld watcher? I was not. I was not. Okay. I've right. seen it a couple of times, but and then, then this one will fall flat. But there was it was the one character on Seinfeld. I can't remember his name, but he was the short bald guy. And Newman was it Newman? No, Newman was the other guy. He, Newman was the uh, was the uh, was the mailman. Oh yeah. See, like I barely watched that show. I have no. Yeah, idea. yeah. I can't remember what his name was. Such a long time ago, but I just remember one episode where. Uh, Seinfeld walks in and, and, and there's this girl rubbing olive oil on the guy's head. He's bald, like a short bald guy. Wow. <laughs> and they're like, they're like oops. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, Yamalub. That's. Uh, yeah, we use Yamalub. Yeah, yeah, Yamalub. 030. <laughs> <laughs> you said 030? Wow. Okay. So. Um, Maybe 0 to 60. So August Nord uh, wants to know if you're taking the Daytona 200 seriously, as in it's important for the attack team since it's 600. Uh, would you like the 200 to switch back to thousands? I don't know if it's possible anymore because the speeds were so high. I mean, I've talked to guys, the last guys that rode those things on thousands, like Josh Hayes and Jake Zemke. I think Jake Zemke won. He did win one there. And uh, one or two, I can't remember if there were double headers back then. There were sewer bike races. They tried all kinds of stuff to keep the heat down in that tire, but the sewer bike just generates so much heat so fast. It just, I don't know if they can, they can make a tire for it. Maybe they can. It'd be like a truck tire. You know, I, I don't know. Daytona is just, it's just a special racetrack, you know? And, and the only, only thing I like about it, the only thing I like about it is the, the team, the team action. Like you have as a, as a team, the ability to uh, to strategize and 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 adjust the outcome by what happens with the decisions you make in the pits. You know, with, even though it's only two tire stops, we can call when the tire stops happen, 
you can you can switch a front tire, not switch a front tire, change a compound if you have that option. You know, so there's certain things you can do uh, uh, working with the rider. Whereas in a sprint race, you basically do what you can through all the practice and qualifying, and then you pat the dude on the butt and go, here you go. It's up to you now. How about yeah. it? Yeah, yeah so then I, involved. That's, I remember I, talking to Jim Allen once, and he said, the best part of Daytona is when the landing gear comes up. Leaving. Yeah. But you know what? You um, you do take it seriously, though. I mean... Yeah, we take, we take every kind of sport seriously, really. Well, we're also... But you're also... Yeah, my wife's uh, texting me, and she's saying it's George Costanza. George Costanza, yeah. yeah so yeah. she watched Seinfeld. I'm just terrible <laughs> with, with the names of all these different characters. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Well, we you, did. We used to celebrate, you know, uh, Festivus, right? The Festivus tree. Yeah. Yeah, we never... We used to go do the go-kart thing and... We didn't go to our Festivus go-kart racing in a while. We We need to. Everybody keeps jamming for Christmas. We used to do like a couple weeks before Christmas, right? We used to have the... Yeah. What we would do, in case people don't know the ritual, we would go and Blue Seals or something was right next to K1. We'd rent the K1 thing and we'd do practice qualifying. But before we went there, we would eat all kinds of barbecue and drink beer. Of course, you wouldn't. Yeah. You'd eat like chicken. I'm a quitter. A chicken and iced tea or salad. Yeah. Anyway, we, we drink, we'd eat barbecue till we're stuffed. Go drink, drink big mugs of beer, then we'd go race the go karts. And then we'd have a podium celebration afterwards. It was fun. It was fun. I mean, the thing is, like, this, uh, this team does, I mean, you know, it, it, fun is a part of the equation for sure. I mean, you know, that is a lot of work, but it, you guys, I mean, this team, I say you guys, I'm kind of on the team sometimes too, but like, it, it's a good time, man. It's, it's, uh, I don't you know. know. My, my equation for having a good team has always been that way. And I'm not going to tell any military stories, but it's always been that way that if you, if you have a team of guys that, that really gel together, it's more important to have that than it is to have a hundred percent competence, hmm. like, like knowledge. Because you can always teach that to somebody, right? You can teach the skills. You can teach someone how to tighten a wheel properly, or, or you know, do whatever, take you know, swap an engine properly, or, or or whatever. Even the data guy. You know, I work with Marshall from the minute he worked on our team, and we've we've been developing, and he develops his skills. He helps me with my skills, and we keep developing, right? But what's really important is we all get along really good. Yeah. You know, we can all go to dinner, have a good time, tell stories. You know, those five stories I have. I'll tell those stories. Yeah, all five. Over. <laughs> they might go down to two stories as I get older. Because I'll probably forget the other three. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, but to answer the question, you know, th- you are taking the 200 serious. But at the same time, having fun with it. I mean, I've been working on the shirts already, right? We'll probably sell yeah. those, right? Um. They're a little bit different uh, than the We don't really give away the punchline on the shirts. Not giving away the punchline. But, you know, I mean, we're going back this year, but with one rider this time, right? So One rider, yeah. yeah. Jake wants to just concentrate on the uh, on the 200. Last year, he didn't have such a great time. You know, he, 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 his style, his, his I know he was a 600 racer before, but his style has morphed into superbike. You know, all the acceleration and the tires spinning and the trash control and the wheeling and all that stuff and the movement and he got on a 600 and he's like what is this thing you know and yeah. uh 
I've seen that before. Like Matt Maladin was was uh, didn't really get along with Supersport when he tried to do it, and uh, went back to Superbike, still smashed everyone. So I, Jake's been concentrating on that, and Cam Peterson really enjoyed it, and we had fun with it. And you know, we we missed out by seven thousandths of a second. So we'll see if we can rectify that. Yeah, I mean he's he's hungry. He was talking about it at the test. Even he's like, yeah, I definitely got to get that back. He's like wants to get revenge or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So Jake will concentrate on the bike, and he'll do a good job with that. And fourth year with the team, which is amazing, has gone by that fast. Yeah, I can't even believe it now that I'm thinking about it. It's like, it man. seems like yesterday we were doing the first test with Cambobier. Right. Okay, so Johnny Simroska, um, he wants to know if you would be opposed to doing a shop tour and customer builds in progress, etc., like showing all they offer in house and more into the weeds of his business, showing the cool bikes in the shop. Like via camera? I guess. Yeah, you'd be like... Yeah, uh, yeah, we used to do the open house things. Just we've been so busy. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to do that because we're just... Everything's... In, I mean, you have to basically set that up. Like, you want to do a bike... It's, it's not like those shows you see on TV where... All that stuff's choreographed. You don't want to be Richard Rollins or whatever, one of those TV yeah, shows? I, I mean, you see those shows on TV, you know, where it looks like reality TV, but it's like, okay, let's do that again. Let's do that again. Okay, you pick up that tool and you throw it across the room. You know, <laughs> <laughs> pretend you're pissed off, you know, march out of his office, you know, all that stuff. You're like, okay, this is so fake. But, you know, we, we, have, we have stuff apart all the time and stuff's in matter. I mean, it would take like a week. Oh, a bike build to show a bike build, let's say, you know, hmm. and uh, you'd have to do it in segments. I guess we can plan something like that out. We have to think about it. Yeah. Uh, maybe another open house even, you know? Yeah. I mean, we used to do the open house things. Those were always a good time. People yeah. came for free pizza. Everybody came for free pizza and dino pulls. Right? Dino pulls. Right. Free dino runs and pizza. Yeah. Woo. Who won't come to that? Yeah. <laughs> the neighbors hated us. Yeah. Well, uh, fuck them. You know? Yeah, pretty much. They still hate us so far. Well, yeah. Okay, so uh, Chloe, the data wizard kid uh, that I introduced you to a couple years ago, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. She wants to know if you guys are planning to run the Loudon Classic. No. Okay. <laughs> that was a hard no. Yeah, with, with their, you know, it's too close to what other stuff we're doing. And, and you know, what was it, 600 race, something like that? I, I have no idea. I, I, I hear there's a lot of money involved. That's it. That lot of money doesn't translate to a lot of money for us. Okay. Because by the time we spend to take a semi up there and pay a crew, our crew all make money. They're, you know, they, they, they don't work for free, which there's nothing, nothing against people donating their time and working through the process of, of learning how to go racing. You know, I mean, I did plenty of free work. I probably still do if you count all the hours, you know, so... But our, our mechanics are professionals, and they, they earn a salary. And by the time you pay that, you pay their hotel rooms, you pay for their flights, and, and then you pay for the rubber or whatever, and you pay for the bike builds, and then you pay for all the shop time. That lot of money turns into no money. And it, it's a huge distraction over the main mission, which Yamaha wants us to win sewer bike races. There you go. That makes you know, sense. The, the 600 race is, is kind of a cool race, you know, at Daytona. Yeah. And uh, we had to ask permission last year, and they were okay with it. And uh, so, again, you know, we're doing that this year. 
and uh, with one rider. And, um, you know, it's just a fun thing to do. Um, the Loudon Classic, I think it's just going to be too much of a, a burden for us. Uh, I, and, you know, it, it really should be available, that money should be available for other people to win. You know, it, it, don't, don't you hate it when, when some ringer shows up to a club race and smashes everyone, takes all their money and leaves? I, I don't. I think it's rad to have him there, but I, 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 I hear that in the paddock. Remember we showed up with Steve Rapp at, at Button Willow? I mean, Chuck Wallow? Yeah. And he won everything and people were protesting us and blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? That, I mean, there's always yeah, I mean, that guy. Probably dead last. He won by a mile. I mean, you know, so let the, let those guys do what they do, and we'll we'll do what we do. Yeah, I mean, when you Steve Rapp was kind of the exception to this rule, but when you would come out, a lot of times when you guys would come out and race a club race, you would you would literally you just use it for test time, and then you guys yeah. would pull off on the last lap. But Steve Rapp was a little special there. He he was like, "Fuck that! That's my money." <laughs> He want to pull off. He's like, like I'm not pulling shit off. <laughs> He's a really nice guy. He just super he's just nice comp- guy. Yeah, he's just competitive. Wow, man. Okay, so uh, just heads up. Um, got a couple comments from Ricky Bobby. Um, apparently, he bought some rear sets from uh, some of your rear sets through me, and mm-hmm. he's stoked to have them. He's got a Triumph 675 project that he's been doing on YouTube. So, cool. yeah, he's. I guess yeah, he's going to race the thing. I I actually talked him out of the black rear sets, and I scumbagged him into going arrow hard. Arrow hard stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I basically scumbagged him the same way you did me. Um, you're like, oh, the black just looks so pedestrian, man. It just you lose it in the black of the frame, and yeah, if your bike's all black and you put more black on it, you don't really notice all the accents and details. You know, yeah. you know, some people like that look. I'm just not partial to it. Fully black motorcycle with all black parts. Yeah. Yeah, he says being a Boeing guy, the Arrow Hard looks cool. So. Um, He's a Boeing guy. Apparently, he was. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, that's the natural color of that alloy when you hard anodize it. Ah. Okay. That's why it's that color. Oh, and then August Nord. Actually, this is funny because you you mentioned something similar to this before. Um, by another writer, but she's like, "Hey, if you need somebody to replace Jake on the other 600, I'm, you know, like she's signing up." So, we sold one of our one of our uh, Daytona bikes from last year, so all we have is two, one in a spare, and there's just no time to build another one. We're too deep into superbike development. If you so, think about it, the R1 came out what in 2015. Yeah, you know, it's basically the same motorcycle, same engine, with some minor changes. You know, they. They made an upgrade 20 with the throttle bodies and a few other things, but basically it's the same bike. So we got to keep working to keep up, you know, like make sure we're competitive every single year. So it isn't like we sit on our hands and go, oh, our, our riders will do the trick. You know, we have to work. I mean, you got BMW's got has a new bike. Apparently they're working pretty hard in World Superbike and you got Cam Bovier riding it, you know. I think we're going to have our hands full there. And Tony Ilias come back. You know, if he if he finds a, a rhythm there, the dude's fast. You know, he starts training again, finds a rhythm. Sometimes a little time off makes you hungry again. And you ride the wheels off something. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like having those guys back on the grid will push the riders forward like it did before, uh, yeah. or like it's done before. And then because of that, it's going to make you 
work harder to make the bikes better. And I know, I know Chuck at Westby, I mean, he's working hard and, and they're going to be testing with us. And I guarantee when he's not on your show, his guy is working hard. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> wow. He's not sleeping. <laughs> he's, and you know, what's fucked up is he probably watches this. He's going to think that we're poking him like in a bad well, I give a hard time all the time. It gives me a hard time. Yeah. He sends me a picture of his middle finger all the time. Dude, and I he was it. just, Chuck was just, um, like I said, he, he looked like a, he, he was behaving like a kidnapping victim or something like he, he was being held hostage. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it was like, it was like Yamaha Corp is going to replay his whole thing and then call him in the office or something. Right. Right. <laughs> it's better to ask for forgiveness is what I always say. Yeah. You know, like it. I mean, I, I, I had a meeting with a guy at Yamaha in Georgia recently, and dude, yeah. they, they, they've been watching this thing, and, uh, you know, they're like, yeah, dude, it's fun. You, you could say shit that we can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can always say, oh, that, that Stan Bully, he's off his, off his rocker again, you know? I think but, um, winning has a way of helping through some of that stuff for you, maybe. Maybe, maybe. I mean, we live in a pretty corporate environment, you know, I'm in PC environment, so yeah. there's, there's stuff we can get away with, I can get away with, because it's my shop, my business, you know, right. so who's going to fire me? Only thing can happen is people go, that guy's an idiot. I don't want to buy his stuff anymore. Right. Right. You know, so I'm not going to get called into somebody's office, but I could, you know, there's, there's certain rules of conduct that we have to keep when we're racing super oh, bikes. For, for sure. You know, but when we went to that wall of champions thing, you know, uh, it was a lot of fun, you know, hung out with a lot of the guys from, uh, from Yamaha. And uh, there was one guy, I think, I don't know if we talked about this, but uh, I'm going to have to ask Martinez to fire him because he was handling shots like crazy, you know, like, I, I don't drink tequila. And he was giving me tequila. And, uh, man, the next day I wasn't feeling all that great. Thanks a lot, whoever you were. I forgot his name. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, uh, uh, yeah, you did say it got a little out of hand for you. Um, yeah, it was okay. It was it was a really good time, you know. We all yeah. sat, and there was a few guys that that uh, you know really dug the, dug what we talked about and uh, asked a lot of questions. They liked the technical parts of what we talked about, you know. They asked a lot of questions about suspension and forks and rear and this and that because they're all enthusiasts. They they ride and yeah. track things, things like that, and some club race. So yeah, it was a good time. So did you did you successfully find some of that data that we were talking about earlier? You want to share? Or? Uh, oh yeah, rear brake usage. Uh, that's kind of boring. Yeah, okay. We can skip it. But, yeah, I'll, I'll show. I mean, I'm telling you what it shows. It shows, it shows a guy riding the rear brake whenever the thing wheelies or whatever it does, you know, or excess use of it. And you can see some of the deceleration in the bike and, and things like that. So that's all past news, old history, you know. Have you, uh... I have no problem with him using it in the appropriate spots. That's for damn sure. Do you have do you have like a a new spec engine that you've been working on as well? You know the engine's pretty good. Um, we just keep improving the uh, the fuel management side of it and how we apply the torque. You know, so we're trying to get to the if if you I don't know if you listen to our bike. You're up in the tower, right? Yeah. Did you hear it around the racetrack? Oh yeah, hundred percent. So uh, we start applying this this new strategy that Yamaha has, which I think the Japanese were doing it a couple of years back with the World Superbike team, but they started applying it to the uh, normal expert level and satellite level 
software, which is it's called TRM, Throttle Management. It's another strategy. And uh, it's not just torque control, but it's the throttle reacting, like a MotoGP bike too spin, wheelie, all these different things. And it did have an effect of calming the bike down with all those cuts. So before on our bike, uh, which Josh Hayes commented on also, when he rode it that one time, Pridmore, Hayes, and, and Jake, you know, three attack champions rode yeah. our bikes. And, and um, Hayes commented that when he was picking the throttle up, if he wasn't really aggressive with it, that the traction control was so strong that it would shake the chassis. Hmm. Which is kind of what, you know, the whole stop and start of the tire was something that they started doing with cars way back when they started doing traction control, try to save the tire, like let it coast between the hits. Yeah. Try to get grip. So, but that has an effect when you have a swing arm and a chain and all those things, or it's almost like a jackhammer, right? So it shakes the chassis and then it, it could potentially tuck the front tire, you know, but uh, Jake was so good at just snapping the thing up and going to full throttle. But with the TRM, that smoothed a lot of that stuff out, and you, you could audibly hear less cut around the racetrack. So that's some of the stuff that we've been working on, trying to apply, you know, back to that same question about the engine, trying to apply uh, the proper amount of torque, because we have so much of it, you can't even use it. If hmm. you listen to our bike, it's like it's cutting all around the racetrack. There's only a few places where the thing's open. Yeah, the car guys are all talking about that. They're like, man, that thing's cutting power down the straight. It's cutting power everywhere. Yeah, well, down the straights is trying to wheelie. You know, accelerating off every corner is trying to, trying to spin the tires, trying to high side the guy, you know? And we're just always playing around with how much cut do we have, how much mechanical grip can we give the bike, and how fast we make it accelerate. And that's why... When you have a closed system, like uh, traction control reacts on how much spin, how fast the spin is, those kinds of things, different lean angles. So when then we start ta working with uh, a swing arm, swing arm length, swing arm flex, linkage, rising rate, damping, spring rates, wheel rates, you start working with all that stuff, trying to close the circle, trying to get the most amount of acceleration. Now the bike goes, oh, you're not spinning as much, so I'm going to apply more gas, more throttle. And then that's when you get this this big, oh, I'm really accelerating, but when it does slip, it slips, you know, uh, not as comfortably as I would like, not as smooth as I would like. So you have to go back and work on that. And sometimes that takes time, you know, not just uh, uh, 20 laps uh, on a semi-crappy day hmm. at the racetrack. You know, you need to have, I mean, it started drizzling the second day, you know, we had to yeah. hold off power. So, so we went from, oh, the track's getting better to, oh, the track's shit again. Right. You know, so, but those guys are getting hammered. California got hammered for pretty much three weeks, right? Yeah. Every other day it was raining, and raining quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, we to... planned to do the test, and you sent me a text. You're like, yeah, I'm pushing the test one extra day. I'm like, okay. And so, yeah, you know, yeah. we went was, out there. We were just, uh, just showing that Tuesday was just going to be wet, like yeah. half the day. And every time we looked, you know, the long forecast, that Tuesday's going to be wet, Tuesday's going to be wet, Tuesday's going to be wet. And then we got there, you know, uh, Tuesday was still drying up, right? I mean, yeah. the track was still pretty much lakes. Yeah. And uh, then then it starts showing, oh, Thursday's going to have a little rain overnight. Then it became, oh, Thursday's going to have a little drizzle in the day. And then a little bit of rain came midday, so we had to stop. Yeah. And then it was a chick with a Ferrari. Yeah, let's talk about that. We, uh, that's not something... That show, uh, Crazy Rich Asians? Is that the name of the show? <laughs> let me ask, let me test... Text my wife really quick. I, I have no idea. No. <laughs> but apparently it was an Asian woman that was driving a Ferrari and she decided to park it upside down and backwards on the racetrack. 
Yeah. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that Asians are bad at parking, but she shouldn't have parked that thing upside down backwards. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mikey uh, Malo did have to bring... I heard him call for the tow truck, and he said, uh, we need Mater out here. <laughs> what? It's an old square-body Chevy tow truck. Yeah, I was wondering, I go, how do they get the cars off the racetrack on a, on a test day like that when they don't yeah. have a full event? You yeah. know, I guess they flipped it over by the roll bar, right? Well, uh, it was weird. They used a bunch of straps, and they, they basically... Um, he anchored the thing with his uh, with the tow truck, and then pulled the other side over over with his side by side thing, and then oh, really? and then gradually vehicles. yeah they, they and gradually let the cable down so it wouldn't slam yeah and um, and then he hooked on to the little tow hook on the front and dragged it out. I saw the pictures. You know, you could see the skid marks across the tires when it was upside down. Yeah. You got a pretty good view of a Ferrari under underside with all the little diverters and stuff they have on them. Oh, for sure. For sure. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That roll cage was pretty strong. I think it was like a toy, just upside down. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, she was having a hard time getting in there because her, her like, safety device, had, was she was hanging from it. <laughs> so the guy had to come, like, kind of push her up and unhook it. But other, right. other than that. No, no damage to the driver or the passenger in that. Um, just you know, it's a pretty fast section where they crash and you know, yeah. barrel through those S's. Didn't didn't the the coach? She was she was being coached by someone, right? Yeah, I, I actually walked up to ask if she was okay, and I heard her coach say, "See, that's the same thing that happened to us at Thermal." And I was like, "You mean you let her drive something, and she did the exact same thing at another track recently? What the hell, man!" But it's only a five hundred thousand dollar car. It's nothing yeah. to a crazy rich Asian. Wow. I mean, yeah, five hundred thousand dollar car, man. It's not something you see every day—a Ferrari upside down. That's um, that's really something, you know. Um, yeah, but it's uh, talking to the coach guy. It sounds like their uh, steering wheel angle is like our lean angle, right? And so basically, she had a whole bunch of steering wheel angle and matted the thing, you know, and it. Came around on her. Spun around backwards on her. Yep. Instead of high siding, yeah. like what happens to us, she ends up backwards and in, into the tires. Well, she did high side. She was upside down. Right. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. She didn't do the full. How the heck did she get upside down? She hit the wall and then it flipped over. Yeah. She dragged on the tires for a little bit. Uh, you know, kind of at an angle, and the thing, um, it, I guess, it caught and flipped the car over. The same thing happened to us. A few tests back too. Like Porsche went against that same wall, right? That's Same right, but spot. farther back, like, she made it down way farther than that Porsche did. Yeah. So, she was going, I think, quite a bit quicker. Plus, the grass was wet, so it's like she accelerated, you know, into that, so. Um, yeah, that's why we try to stay off it. But anyway, it was a good test. We learned a lot. Right on. Yeah, somebody saying this, <laughs> Evo saying, uh, 848 Evo saying, it's usually a Mustang. <laughs> Yeah, something like Jesus, that. Jesus, dude. Okay, so nobody knows. It's like they, they have test days at uh, Buttonwillow where uh, we show up and we can share the track with cars, but we do 30 minutes on, they do 30 minutes on. And we don't really mind because the cars normally will get all the dirt off the racetrack for us. Right. Like ground effects and this and that. You know, they're like, they're like vacuum cleaners. Yeah. But until a couple of them end up, you know, clipping, clipping the curbs and throwing rocks on the racetrack. And we have to go and wag our fingers at them and say, don't do that. 
Yeah, I mean, most parts are pretty good. Uh, the last test, actually, if you remember, Mikey, the track manager, uh, kicked a guy out for that because he warned him, and he's like, "Look, man, there's motorcycles on here, and I can't keep coming out here with the blower every time you're out. So if you blow yeah. shit on the track again, we're, you're done." And he was done. He was kind of pissed too. Well, you know, what are you gonna do? We're, we're being nice to them, and they gotta be nice to us. Right. Right. You know, I mean, like that. They asked for our ambulance, which they didn't pay for. You know, we paid for an ambulance. And yes. They would have used it, but that's all right. I mean, if if the if the woman's bleeding out, we're not gonna let her let her bleed out. You know. Right. Go ahead and have the ambulance. It'd be nice if they kicked in something. Yeah, they should pitch in on the ambulance, man. That's. You know, that's especially fair. if you have a five hundred thousand dollar car. You know, ambulance shouldn't cost you much. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what, Richard? Good times, man. Um, I, I guess I'll see you at the next test. Being your yeah. climbing guy. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're going to be trying some more cool stuff we can't talk about in the next test. Yeah. I already got the memo that I'm not allowed to take pictures of that shit. So that's yeah, whatever yeah, that there's is. There's a few more things. You know, what we had was basically prototypes. And so we're going to go one step further what we have and just keep plugging away. You know, there's... There's always some little something we're missing, even though our bikes seem really, really good. There's always some way to make it just a bit faster. So we're just gonna keep plugging away. Yeah, and and you're gonna have the 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 new. You already got the tires bathing in the new shit, right? So. Yeah, for a month. Yeah, <laughs> all, all twenty of them. Yeah, yeah. Got a whole chemical factory back here. Oh yeah, well it's uh, the old shipping container, right? You just like yeah. Yeah, Mr. H. And so far, as they called me three names now. He called me, a, what was it, a, a trader at Daytona. He called me a, an asshole at Barber. And then he called me a cheater on Greg White, or no, on... Uh, Carruthers on, and Dice. Sean Bice. Actually, I told Sean Bice, I said, hey, man, next time somebody says, oh, <laughs> uh, that guy's up to his cheating ways, you, you should say, I, I called Sean Bice out on it. I said, hey, Sean, why don't you ask him, what are you talking about? What Do you know? Do you have any... You wrote on that team. Do you know what? How they cheat? You know, give me some, give me some facts. That's what I would have said instead of letting it slide. Like, oh, okay. Dude, they just ignored <laughs> it. It was awesome. They just yeah, ignored Sean, it. Like Sean told me that he was kind of caught by surprise. <laughs> I, I could, I could tell you what Sean said, but then I, I don't want to, I don't want to throw him under the bus. No, no. But I mean, you know, they did the right thing. Both of them just ignored it like it was nothing. So, you know. Yeah, That's I mean, we should all do. I've ever called him, all I've ever called him is an idiot, and I don't think that can go contested, really. I mean, you know, he pretty much everyone <laughs> thinks he is. So I was just being factual. Wow, wow. <laughs> well, with that, Richard, it's been fun, man. Thank you for sharing right, what you were able to share, what you're willing to share. Um, yeah, it's, next uh, time. What you know, uh, maybe we do something with MotoSpec next time where we show some geometry stuff. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. You know, and, and how things get affected. Because I think chit-chatting like we're at dinner is cool. But I think some of the guys want to want to see some more technical stuff. Some stuff that I'm more fun for me as well. There's a few people that have been asking me for the when's the nerd shit going to happen. And that's what they're referring yeah, to. Yeah, we did we did that whole, that whole you know, kitty see thing. I think we do like maybe something on moto spec where we show geometry of the bike and how, how it affects different things. Yeah. And that's easy screen share. We can, we can just talk about a hypothetical bike and, and talk about rake and trail and all those different numbers and you get a whole different kind of 
clientele instead of the guy saying, my wealth looks better than yours. I'm already getting comments Maybe. saying, yeah, Moda, uh, Chloe is saying, Moto Spec would be great. And Knutson, Knutson saying, love the tech stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, a lot of guys. I mean, when I was at that, I said the Yamaha thing, those guys really got off on the tech stuff. So, you know. And power, uh, Chloe wants power management strategies would be interesting. What's that? Chloe wants power management strategies. You know, let me think about that. Let me what we, what we can say that's basically well known instead of what we do. Right. You know, we can't give, give away the whole thing. People are already taking notes. We do have competitors that are actually fast. Yeah. And you guys still want to win, so. No, we have Marshall, so we have we have that. They yeah. don't have Marshall. Marshall, Marshall sent me a picture from the test with his feet up on the couch with his laptop with the squiggly lines on it, man. I'm like, wow. I like him better when he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's such a worrywart, man. He's like, he comes out with this, uh, you know, like we split out, like one of the things we did, I'm kind of getting off, off, off the rails here trying to leave, but Whatever. one of the things we did was we, we split out. In, in, in Morelli, we have these different files called CLXs. Uh, that's the dot CLX, that's the extension. And so we have the ability to split out different parts of the file into another section and have them all the same project. And so you do that so you can manage the different strategies better. Like, okay, this CLX is specifically for strategies. This one's specifically for the nuts and bolts of running the bike. And this one's specifically for all the controls and sensors, you know? Yeah. They're all named something different. And uh, so we made a fuel C uh, a fuel CLX. It's just for the uh, uh, for the uh, closed loop uh, self mapping stuff, the auto mapping stuff, right? Yeah. So we export it, do our math on it. Made Marshall made this thing in the back end, and then fire it back in the bike, and your your, your engine's mapped, right? And uh, so he's 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 like a typical nervous Nelly, you know. Oh man, did you run on the dyno before? I go, it'll be fine. And you run on the dyno before before you showed up. I go, just plug it in there, and if it goes and misfires, they'll come back in. <laughs> you know, so that's that's Marshall. He gets he gets a little bit worked up about his work. He should have a little more confidence. He takes more confidence, more self confidence. Yeah, stop yeah, being such a wuss. <laughs> yeah, just go for it. <laughs> Send it. No All pain, right. no gain, man. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm gonna let you get right. back to work, and um, I'll, I'll catch you in the test in a couple weeks. All right, late.